For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. In our business, we're big fans of financial literacy and accountability. Knowing your numbers is an essential aspect of building a successful business and inherent responsibility for any entrepreneur. We also believe that what you focus on grows. So pay attention to your money. How do we stay up to speed on our numbers? We use Bench for our bookkeeping. It's simple, elegant, and saves us so many hours that would otherwise be spent neck deep in receipts on the other side of a spreadsheet. Each month, our transactions are automatically imported into Bench and we get on-demand financial reports. We even enjoy opening up our profit and loss statement to review each month. And when tax time comes around, we are up to date and ready to go. And this is what financial empowerment feels like. Head on over to anshe.co slash bench to save 20% off your Bench accounting plan for the first six months. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. Today, we welcome Juju Hooks. Juju had a 25-year career in corporate branding, and then she stepped into the speaking circuit, get this, to rebrand middle age for women. Let me read you a paragraph from her own website that explains so beautifully why her work is so necessary. Everyday women are bombarded with messages that would have us believe that as we grow older, we decrease in value, that we are worth less because we have lived more. This is not true, but this idea is propagated by factions of society and industries who stand to capitalize from our fear and profit from our insecurities. And when you lay that messaging on top of the transitions we face in midlife, leaving our mothering stage, whether you mother children, projects, a career, relationships, or fur babies, losing our parents, feeling disenchanted with decades-old careers, and facing challenges of menopause, it's easy to feel a sense of loss and devaluation that's overbearing. But the truth about aging for women is actually beautiful. We just get better and better and better. I love it. I love Juju's work. So today, Juju, through online programs, live events, and one-to-one coaching, she motivates, inspires, and educates primetime women, which is what she calls women of middle age, in topics related to business, life, and relationships. I am so pleased to introduce to you Juju Hooks. 
Welcome, Juju, to the podcast. We're so thrilled to have you. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. I'm super excited. So let's get to know you. Tell us where you live, what your business is, what do we need to know? I live in San Diego. I've been a brand strategist for longer than I want to say, maybe 30 years. I started in corporate banking and automotive, and I opened my own agency, ran that for about 14 years. And then as I started to approach 50 and was having all kinds of feels around getting older and maybe not being so relevant anymore and all the kinds of untrue things women feel, I struggled a little bit with, is this all there is? And so I walked away from my corporate branding agency and started up a business that eventually became helping other primetime women to amplify their influence and their impact and their income. And so now I help women over, most of them are over 40, build primetime personal brands. So you actually owned the agency though? I did. I ran a boutique agency for many years. Yes. What was the thinking or what was lacking? You already owned your business. Why were you thinking, is this all there is? So I think we spend a significant amount of time getting to the point where we get it nailed. And I did that. As a young woman, I struggled to get my business up and running. I opened my business when our son was born. At the time I was working for Jacuzzi, I was running their premium brands and we had dealers worldwide. It was a big job. And when I got pregnant, I decided I would stop international travel and things like that. And so I opened a business and over the course of a long period of time, I got to the point where I just really had it nailed. I had an amazing team in place. I wasn't having to really show up in a big way other than to run strategy. I got everything I wanted. And when I did, I wasn't beginning anything new. I didn't really have any challenges. I had reached a point where I'd started to doubt myself, I think based on a lot of the messaging I'd heard in the market about the longer we live, the less we're worth. And I had a moment in time where I lost a big client. I actually got wind that I was about to lose a big client. And I just had a panic of, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to replace this work? Is a big national player like this going to want a younger woman? And will I still be relevant? And all of these things that went through my head. And I was, I think in this space where I was feeling kind of bored and restless, I was drinking more than I should have. You know, I was drinking wine at night and I had a teenager who was 13. I was overly involved in his life because I didn't have a whole lot in my own and I just couldn't see it. And I had a moment when I thought, if I don't step away from this and do something now that fills me up, I'm going to regret it and it's going to be too late. And so I made a switch, a very uninformed sort of leap first switch. How old were you? I was 47 and I was doing well, right? So I went to my husband and said, I don't think I want to replace this client. And there were seven people on the team. And that was a big issue for me too. How do I attract all these people and help everybody get to where they need to be? And my husband said, what do you want to do? And I said, I think I want to be a motivational speaker. And he was like, what does that look like? And I said, I don't even know, right? I just feel it. And he said, how long do you think it'll take you to replace your income? And I estimated five years and it's five years right now. And I'm, I'm right there. Oh, that's amazing. I totally get that feeling of, is this all there is? Because when I was 45, I had a brick and mortar retail store and a clinic, like a gait analysis orthotic clinic. And I had mastered it. I had done it. I was good. I was bored. 
bored. I can't do it anymore. I don't want to have these conversations. It's the same conversation over and over again. I can't do it. I love the people. I don't love the work anymore and I need a new challenge. And so I sold everything and opened a, started a software company, not knowing, but it's part of like the excitement of learning, right? Just like, let me be challenged because I wasn't. You know, I came to find out that that's really common for all kinds of women as we go into perimenopause, because as our bodies shift physically, whether or not we've had kids, right? As our bodies shift, we become called in different ways, called past mothering, right? So women are called to contribute in all these new and different ways. And the call presents itself differently for each woman. For some women, it's depression. For some women, it's restlessness. For some women, it's a kind of an activism or some new community thing that we do, right? But it's really, really common at a certain point in life. And women who have mastery, which is most of the women I deal with now are masters at something. We have this thought that, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw this all away and start something new. And oftentimes, we can pivot the mastery to deliver it in a new way or contribute in a new way and still bank on all the stuff that we've learned along the way. And that's a really fun process to help women go through as well. Because it's their identity. I was a blank or I am a blank. Yes. And how can I be something else? And we've worked so hard at it. We're decades in. Yeah. But culturally, what are women told at that age? We're wrapping up, right? Everything's wrapping up. And I think that was the aha for me is, oh my gosh, I'm just getting started. Now is the time that I'm qualified and I'm insightful, and I'm intuitive. I trust my gut. I've been through enough stuff. I juggled enough stuff that if I do something now that's new and different, I'm going to nail it. And it's really counterintuitive to what we're taught. I think it's really common to start out young too and say, okay, I have this amazing plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to meet somebody. I'm going to start a family. I'm going to, whatever the plan is, go to college. And then we do all those things. And nobody ever talks to us about what's the plan for act two. It feels like a loss or a struggle or a transition. And we don't recognize that it's this amazing opportunity. In cultures before uh, or times before this one, older women and men were really revered and valued as part of society. And there's this old word, and it's a terrible word, but I kind of love the meaning behind it of a crone right? Like the old crone who is knowing and wise, like that wise woman. And I just, I would love that to be celebrated more and valued more. I built my whole business on that. I call it prime time. It's the eight to 11 time slot for women. It really is. And you know, this is it, right? Everything leading up to this. And we get this impression that we're in the late night news time slot right? We're just going to talk about what already happened, but it's not true. This is it. This is when we're ready. And I think the world and society valuing that starts with us seeing it and valuing it and claiming it. Mm -hmm. Which is hard to do if you can't. Most women will look externally, right? So like who's doing this? That's just not supported or celebrated or those stories are not told. So that's your work right there. That's my work. And I think the other thing is we get, as you mentioned, we identify with certain things. And the things we identify with are generally built around our accomplishments or education or our relationships that we've built over time. And I really gear all of my work around essence. If I say to women, tell me 10 things about yourself, but don't tell me anyone that you're related to, any role you play, anything you like or dislike, they really struggle. And when you get back to essence, 
you realize what it is about you that's special. And in terms of branding, that's where it's all at. Because if you don't pretend, if, you, if I know authentically what makes me me, if I was a coffee or a wine or a perfume, what's my concentrated scent or flavor, and I get that, I don't have to be anything else. Because I can attract people who want that. We're not in touch with that. And it's a really beautiful thing to get in touch with, I think, at a certain point in life. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live-streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. Unlike other startups, Namastream was created by women for women. If you're looking for a simple, streamlined way to build and grow an online business, you can learn more at namastream.com. Can you share what your essence is so we have an example of what that looks like? Yeah. So I'm a natural connector and communicator. And when I'm too much, right, which is what I was told all the time when I was a little girl, right? The only person I can hear is you. You know, how come you're always the loudest one in the room? When I'm too much, that feels really dangerous to me. And when I'm not enough, it's that people don't take me seriously or there's not enough science behind the words, right? These kinds of things. Or it's all bells and whistles, marketing, branding, this kind of thing, what I bring to the table. But when I'm truly in my essence, I can be exactly what I am, which is a champion for other women because I love those relationships and a talker. And I get a chance to really develop my message and what it is I bring to the world without apologizing. And I'm sassy. I've always been a little bit of a rebel, a little kind of a, you know, I push back and mouthy. My dad would have called me a mouthy broad when he was little. That's what I am. I'm a mouthy broad. And I'm okay with that now. It works. And so when I go out and I'm a pushy, mouthy broad with a message, I attract women who either want to be that or for whatever reason, I complete them or they are that. And I'm doing it unapologetically and I don't have to try. I just have to show it. And when I show it, people can decide if they want it or not. It's different than the way we learn branding. Yeah, I can see that in a lot of our clients. That's a really great way to say, like, I love that idea of finding what your essence is. So before we hit record, you were talking about, we stopped you mid-sentence because we wanted to get this on the recording. (laughs) I want to know pre and post COVID, what has your life been like? So pre-COVID, I was on a track. I'm married to a German. We live in different cities during the week, which is crazy. We met 20-some years ago at work. I married the intern. I lost my job. That's a whole other story. (laughs) And we have a son that is going to college in a few weeks to music school in Boston and Berkeley College of Music, hopefully. So we bought a business in Yuma, Arizona some years ago during the real estate bubble in California. We lived in Southern California and we, it was a million dollars for us to buy a 900 square foot house. And we went over to Yuma, Arizona. We bought a big house over there for $175,000 and, and um, bought a car dealership. And our son went to school there until he was in about the sixth grade. And then we decided we wanted to get him into a bigger spot, you know, more opportunity, more, I think, just to see the world in a different way. And we got a place in San Diego. I brought our son over here and Jan stayed in Yuma during the week. And so he flies back and forth and we see each other on the weekends and we're partnering the week. And we've been doing that since 2012 and we're madly in love. So it really builds up a lot of intrigue and excitement and it's worked for us. But we've been on a path to 
fulfill what we've called the endless summer dream. So the idea was as soon as Christian would go to school, I've been building my business of my network of primetime women. This year, I launched my first group immersion experience called The Cut. My business model has really all been moving toward bringing women into The Cut and then having them stay in the network as they move on. So I'm growing a bigger and bigger network of primetime women, but then also building travel into the business model. So once a quarter, I'm having masterminds in different countries around the world and women are traveling together, you know, doing gutsy things they've never done before. And that was the path pre-COVID. And then that door slammed shut, right? And even though I knew that it was coming to that, the moment that they said, we essentially can't leave the US, it was a breathtaking moment for me. And my husband grew up behind the Berlin Wall. So I think for him, it's packed full of all different kinds of anxiety. And so now post-COVID, I'm running the cut. Every woman in the group has had to pivot in some way or another based on COVID. So I've spent really since the beginning of March helping facilitating those pivots and coming to redesign my programs to sell in the fall so that I can bring women into a six or an eight week experience, do some pre-work. I think draw it out long enough that I can feel safe launching the cut next year, knowing that we'll have some type person meeting. All of that, it's very nebulous. You know, we're all moving forward with total uncertainty. And so I think being able to be nimble and be curious about what it looks like is really the trick to not falling in a deep, dark hole. That deep, dark hole is awfully tempting. It certainly is. And sometimes, you know, we fall in for a day, right? And then you can crawl back out. I'm noticing I have to let myself do that too. So to process it all. So is there been a gift from COVID? Well, I spend a lot of time with my 19-year-old son. And that's been a gift and a curse, right? Like it's not natural if you're 19 to be locked in the house with your mom. I think we both have identified that. Up to the point of COVID, he had a ton of freedom. And with that freedom, of course, came separation. And I help women empty nest all the time, but I don't know that I was really ready for it. And all of a sudden, I've had this gift of several months in the house with him, right? Eating and talking and sharing. And that's been a really big gift for me. I think, and this comes from a real place of privilege, but it's been a health benefit for me as well. Eating at home every meal and walking and, you know, I have all this extra time. I'm not doing things I was doing before. And so I think I'm physically a lot healthier than I was going in. Well, you're the exception because most people I know are talking about the COVID-10, the covid 10 pounds they've gained. Well, I started that way. I was eating nine meals a day. It was like, you know, I was having breakfast dessert, which you know is really bad, right? It started for me that way. And then I think little by little, I got, you know, it's interesting when you pull yourself off of packaged food and restaurant food, how you really start to crave the good stuff. And so I think it just sort of naturally went that way for me. I'm not smaller than I was when I started, but I'm healthier. Let's dive into joy and hustle. So Juju, we ask all of our guests to share something that's bringing them joy in the current moment and also a tool to help our listeners hustle in their career, their business. So joy for me is always being the mirror to someone else's flame. And I think that, you know, there's two ways to shine light in the world. We can be the flame or we can be the mirror. And I find that, especially with other women, if I can be that mirror and help them see what their light is, nothing beats it. In terms of hustle, I have a really great tool that I call the essence of influence. It's hard for women to show up 
all the time, especially on social media and in places where we have to really show ourselves. And so I teach women how to find out what kind of influencer they are. Are you a reporter? Are you a scientist? Are you an activist? And by understanding your essence of influence, you can sort of put on a costume or play a role and it's much easier to show up. So is that a little quiz that people can go through? Yeah, I have an assessment and then I have stories about women who are using it effectively. So I'll give you a link to it. It works. I think a lot of our listeners will be so curious to ask themselves that question about what is my essence when you strip away my roles and I'm a mother, I'm a sister. Like that's what everyone's Instagram's bio are, right? Like all the relationships that people are, but who are you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And how do I influence is kind of a different question because standing up in a platform and telling people things, sharing your message is dicey. And if you can decide what role do you want to play as you share it, it takes the heat off in a lot of ways. So where can they find that quiz? Where do they go? At free.primetimejuju.com. We'll put the link in the show notes, of course. That's awesome. I'm going to check that out as well. So Otherwise, where do people connect with you, find your work? Where are all the places? I have a website at jujuhook.com and mostly there I deal with primetime stuff, midlife women's stuff. I also have a blog at strategicjuju.com that's straight branding, more on the business branding yeah, and side. that juju is J-U-J-U. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Juju, thank you. What a pleasure. Great message. I love your work. We need more of you in the world. We need more women of that age doing work and contributing so that we have all voices in our world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free.